All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Let's, Steel uh, Toes and Scoreboards. Time podcast. for one of our like us on Facebook and Twitter. Hey, Kurt, more, you want a hot take? And more yeah. thing here, our little Pete mini Rose episodes, our Week Nine Chronicles. He was a great two strike hitter. Get a little Bill mileage out of the podcast. Would have made Shaq doing here. See if I can get a hold of You really think so? It's Shaq calling it absolutely. Oh, for sure. Fun fact, so. Kurt. I love deep stats. Good research, bro. <laughs> Get a hold of those word association here. Greatest of all time. Tell me how you really feel about pro sports. I'm sorry, the person These who was trying to reach out of voicemail of box. Control. Fudge. Some people Earth. might not like that. Well, I'm gonna piss some people off. <laughs> well, I mean, you sure will. We tried You're this the baseball one time, guru, though, man. And it kept going straight to Shout the voicemail. Coach, Joe I figured that out because I was trying to well, call him. Well, it is a digital world. He's trying days. to call me, and we yeah, did this back and forth for like I'm ten minutes. And I got man. so mad, I threw my phone. Tiger Woods. Mount Two minutes later, he called me. Coach Bobby Knight. Are you missing him? No doubt. Times have changed. But for the better of I'm the world. I'm sorry, the person you were trying to no, reach that's, has that's a voicemail box that has not been I'll tell been you right now, though. I'm, Please, uh, try your call again. modern age. I'm not Goodbye. drug testing for pot anymore in any sport. It's you know, I'm way. one of these people that don't even use voicemails <laughs> they, hardly anymore. I only check my voicemail to get rid of the ridiculous. icon on my phone. I'm a fountain. anything that can be said can be said in text. Sure bet. Sure but at the same time, it sound like Adam Sweet. Sure bet. Don't have their voice. He was a role model for millions. Up. Rest in peace, Mamba. This big dumb. Team Ali. Team Tyson. You know what? Fuck it. You're baseball's new commissioner. Oh, so I, I guess I'll just start rolling tape here just <laughs> oh, without him. Oh, shit. Come on, bro. And, uh, if it's by Magic myself, it's by what myself. What a rivalry. Okay. Okay. Boost you know, ratings. The whole point yeah, of these weeknight episodes were just to you know what? Hot put a little take, more mileage out of this thing at the time because I was spending so much I've time on our uh, Nobody compares top to 25 point guard episode, which legacy. we still have to finish. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards coming to you now. The second number 10 all the way down through one, and we'll be doing that next weekend. Uh I'm down to number seven on the notes, so I still have some more notes to do. But while I was working on this magnum opus episode here, we weren't really putting anything out, so that's when we come up with the idea to uh, get a little more justification out of paying thirty nine ninety nine a month for Podbean hosting. But anyways, these the whole premise of these are just mini episodes, easy listening, hour, hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes tops, versus three and a half, four hours like we normally do. So there's always a lot to cover, but I don't put as much into it, so try one more time and if not then I'll just roll by myself and if he calls in he calls in I'm sorry the person you are trying to reach has a voicemail box that has not been set up I hate doing these by myself I suck at this trying to do this by myself but alright so looks like for now we're flying solo But I wanted to start because we got we got a kick out of this, you know. I keep asking every so often, and we're gonna do a future episode one day. It's on our episode list about NASCARs. NASCAR, a dying sport now. Uh, you think about NASCAR racing, you know. I think of all the hard nosed stuff that happened in the eighties, you know, the nineties, and just how much of a hard nosed sport it was. Guys talk shit. They raced hard, bumping and clipping into the wall. But we're living in a, a different era. It's more modern times. Everything's more friendly. Everything's more sportsman's like. And especially 
in 2022, we're living in PC times. So <laughs> there was some shit that went down in NASCAR over the weekend that landed Denny Hamlin in a shitload of trouble. And word came down yesterday, I think it was, NASCAR's ordered Denny Hamlin to attend a sensitivity training class that must be completed by the end of the week. This stems from uh, over the weekend, he posted an anti-Asian meme from Family Guy. And as a huge proponent of Family Guy, let me tell you, some of the stuff they do is not exactly very classy. But he he posted an anti-Asian meme from Family Guy to criticize Kyle Larson's driving at the last lap this past weekend at Talladega. Hamlin would delete the tweet about 24 hours later on Monday, and he would apologize, and he would say, quote, I took down the post I made earlier today after reading some of the comments. It was a poor choice of memes, and I saw how it was offensive. It came across totally wrong. Hamlin, for those of you that don't know much about NASCAR, Hamlin's, you know, he's a solid name in the sport. He's a three-time Daytona 500 winner. He drives a Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, but he also owns... Uh, 23X Racing with Michael Jordan fielding two cars supported by Japanese automaker, one driven by Bubba Wallace, who's right now the only black driver at NASCAR's top level. Hamlin is also good friends with Kyle Larson, the reigning Cup Series champion, who got suspended by NASCAR for almost all of the 2020 season for using a racial slur during an online race. Larson's half Japanese. So there, there's a lot of connecting factors, you know, here. And on Sunday at Talladega, Larson was in second going into the final turn. He made his move for the win. He moved up the track a couple lanes, and that caused one of Hamlin's drivers, Kurt Busch, to crash in a wreck that collected up Bubba Wallace. The meme basically was reflecting the stereotype about Asian drivers. Yes, so <laughs> Hamlin's tweet stayed active for about eight hours before it was deleted and taken down. Then Toyota decided to issue a statement supporting NASCAR's punishment. They would say that we have spoken with Denny Hamlin regarding his tweet from yesterday. Toyota supports NASCAR's decision to mandate sensitivity training for Denny, and we will all move forward together. NASCAR's rulebook now has a section that says its members shall not make or cause to be made a public statement or communication that criticizes, ridicules, or disparages another person based on race, color, creed, gender, sexual orientation, religion, age, etc. I just think it's kind of... I shouldn't say I think it's funny because somebody's going to sit out here and want to twist my words around or twist Kurt's words around even though Kurt's not here. It's just the fact that you... I mean, number one, you probably shouldn't be doing these things. But number two, to to think of where we are in the world now when a sport like this is issuing sensitivity training, it really just makes you think that this is not the 90s anymore. This damn sure ain't the 80s or 70s anymore. Hamlin fucked up. He shouldn't have said what he said. The stereotype is that all Asian drivers are bad. Family Guy has hit on this. There has been tons of people, tons of Hollywood films that hit on this. Things you probably wouldn't see in today's politically correct times. But be as it may, I just find it funny that a race car driver is attending sensitivity training for NASCAR. 
and NASCAR is making mandating. Now, as as of tonight, when I was kind of putting this episode together, because these many episodes, I can usually piece these together in an hour and a half or so. I didn't see if he's already done it yet, but I and I don't know what will happen if Hamlin just says, you know, I apologize, I took the tweet down, fuck you guys, I'm not going to training. If he does that, what happens then? I don't know. I would imagine a, a fine and possibly suspension of a couple of races. But anyways, so <laughs> moving on, uh, talk a little golf. Pebble Beach is now the third course to become an anchor site for the U.S. Open. The USGA announced today that four U.S. Opens and four U.S. Women's Open over the next 26 years will take place at Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach now joins Pinehurst Number 2 and Oakmont Country Club as anchor sites, which basically allows USGA to return to its most famous U.S. Open courses more frequently. The USGA wanted to make sure that no women were left behind in this, so the next U.S. Women's Open will be held on America's most famous seaside course, and arguably it is, as far as like golfing, ocean views and everything, like you think Pebble Beach, you don't. You know, the the place out at Hilton Head or wherever it's at in Carolina, that's a beautiful course. I can't think of the name of it. But when I think golf and ocean, I think Pebble Beach. Uh, but the Women's Open will be at Pebble Beach uh, next year for the first time ever. And then three more times in 2035, 2040, and 2048. Which honestly doesn't seem that far away. Pebble Beach opened in 1919 and hosted a USGA event in 1929 with U.S. Amateur. The op- that open is famous. Uh, its first open was in 72. That's the one that's famous for Jack Nicklaus. The shot, when you talk about Jack Nicklaus and you talk about old golf from the 70s and 80s, you've all seen the shot on YouTube. That's where Jack Iron, I believe it's a one-iron I'm pretty sure it was a one iron. I mean, I wasn't even born yet, but I mean, we've all seen the clip. I've seen it a million times. Pretty sure it's a one iron on the par 317, and he hits the pin. Uh, of course, Pebble Beach is famous for Tom Witt, Tom Watson chipping in against Nicholas to beat him in 82. That's when, and then of course, Tiger delivering arguably his greatest performance ever in his career, the 2000 U.S. Open. He won 15 strokes. That's like, I think, the biggest margin in major championships history. All four majors. I could be wrong. Uh, Pebble Beach held the Open, I think, about three or four years ago. 18 or 19. I should check that. Anyways, so so that's coming down. Uh, The USGA and the PGA are all excited about it. Now, Pebble Beach does host a PGA Tour stop every February, going all the way back to 1947. It's held the PGA Championship in 77 and the Tour Championship in 88. There's Puss. What's up, brother? What's happening, bro? Oh, I thought you weren't. I tried calling and went to your voicemail. I'm like, shit, he ain't, he ain't here. So I started rolling a little tape without you. That's all right. All right. We're talking. Uh, I'm uh, charging my phone up. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, you got earbuds in? Yep. All right. How's your volume on everything? Headphones, mic, volume, everything good? Everything sounds good. I'm coming through all right. Oh yeah. Right so on. you you missed the uh, the Denny Hamlin bit. 
Okay. So basically, uh, I want to go back up and read this to you, which I mean, I I just, you know, since you're here, even though I've already, even though I'm like 10 minutes ahead of you here. Okay. But but you got to hear this. So Hamlin posted a tweet uh, Sunday evening after Talladega, and you know how tempers flare at Talladega, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You think Bristol, you think Talladega, Daytona, and Darlington, you know, tempers flare. Right, right. So Denny Hamlin, okay, he posted an anti-Asian meme. You know what a meme is. I've schooled you. You know what a meme is. Yes, yeah. So he posted an anti-Asian meme from Family Guy, criticizing his friend Kyle Larson after the way he drove at the last lap at Talladega. Why? Why he Hamlin deleted the tweet. On Monday night and apologized to everybody and, and you know put out a brief statement about it. NASCAR still mandated him to take sensitivity training though, dude. So okay. why why this is funny is it's it's all connected in like multiple ways. It's like seven degrees of separation or six degrees or however the fuck you say it. <laughs> right. So Hamlin drives a Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. He's also okay. co-owner of the twenty three X racing team with Michael Jordan, who's colored. Okay. <laughs> they field two Toyota cars, one driven by Bubba Wallace, the only black driver at NASCAR's right, top level. Okay. Right. And then Hamlin's good friends with Kyle Larson, who's the defending Cup Series champion this year. Larson, if you remember, got suspended for almost all of 2020 for using a racial slur during an online race. Yeah, yeah. Larson is also half Japanese. Did not know that. So it's all connected together. And it's just reflecting the the racist stereotype about Asians being shitty drivers. So, but NASCAR's making him take sensitivity training now. I if he does, I I I would think he would, but just I mean, if he doesn't, and he just says fuck it, I'm assuming there'll be fines and suspensions. But, anyways, so that's so. What did what did he actually say to Larson? I don't know. He just. I, I didn't get to see the tweet. I can't find a record of it anywhere. It got deleted. Usually, people are pretty savvy, and they grab screenshots, but I couldn't have found a screenshot of it. So, I'm assuming he was just pissed about Talladega. So, there was a crash on the last lap of Talladega. Okay. And, you know, even though Hamlin's driving for Joe Gibbs, Hamlin still owns the team, the other team with Michael Jordan. There was a crash involved involving Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace and Larson and just a whole bunch of other shit, and... He got a little butt hurt. Okay. So you didn't miss much, because then I jumped to uh, Pebble Beach. Basically, Pebble Beach is becoming the third, like, backup anchor site for uh, all the opens coming up. Okay. So really, ain't, you really didn't miss much, because uh, now we're getting ready to jump forward. Um. I want to talk to you. I, talk, I was telling you about this at the end of the day today, and we was getting ready to leave, you and I. I was talking about Peyton Manning and Demarius Thomas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, Hall of Famer, my second favorite quarterback. Besides United. Besides right. Johnny United. We were right. both Colts, by the way. Colts, by the way, yeah, for sure. So, Manning partnered with Georgia Tech, which is where Demarius Thomas went to college at, to create a scholarship to honor his former Denver Bronco team mate, Demarius Thomas. Demarius passed away back in December at age 33. Of what? So, I... What? Um, 
let me I don't think I did I put it I think I put it in my notes. I mean I don't have, I don't have scrolled down. I remember it, it was I something to do with a heart attack or a seizure or something. Huh. So <laughs> basically <laughs> Oh man. That must have been a good one right there, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's, it's called the Demarius Thomas Scholarship Fund. And it'll award academic scholarships to incoming freshmen from uh, Lawrence County, Georgia, which is where Thomas was born and raised. Full or partial scholarships will be awarded annually. Students will receive scholarships until they graduate. Peyton Manning quoted yes uh, today in a statement saying, Demarius was an incredibly talented and unselfish teammate, but more importantly, he was a special person and one of my best friends. My family and I miss him dearly. And we wanted to honor DT's memory by partnering with our Payback Foundation. And Payback is spelled P-E-Y. <laughs> so, and just... Really? I just now got that. Yeah. P-E-Y. Payback. That's, that's clever. So, through this scholarship to Georgia Tech, Demarius will have a lasting impact on the deserving youth from his hometown area who can follow in his footsteps to accomplish great things. Georgia Tech would announce later today that... August 8th will be recognized as Demarius Thomas Day each year because he wore number 8 in college and then he wore number 88 in the NFL. The Yellow Jackets will wear a number 8 decal on their helmets this year. And the school basically said we're very thankful to Peyton and Ashley, Peyton's wonderful wife. She's a very sweet lady, by the way. Not that I've ever met her, but, I mean, everybody (laughs) talks about her. She's, But anyways... uh, Demarius Thomas was a first-round pick by the Broncos in the 2010 draft. He spent nine seasons with the team, including all four of Manning's seasons in Denver. He finishes his career, and here's a little trivia for you. He I finishes don't. career as the Broncos' second leader, second leading receiver at 9,055 yards behind only one guy. Shannon Sharp. Nope. Nope. You're close. Who? If you couldn't say Shannon Sharp, who would be the other guy you'd say? Oh, dude, uh... Oh, come on. It's right there, son. Think 90s receivers. It's right there. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to be like, when you say it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. Rod Smith. Rod Smith. Okay. He's third, yeah. he's third in franchise history and catches with 655 receptions behind Rod Smith and Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. Sharp. For and some then, reason, I thought it had been Shannon Sharp, but. When Peyton come to town in 2012, Thomas would blow the fuck up, having at least 90 catches and 1,300 yards in four consecutive seasons, joining Hall of Famers Marvin Harrison, who also played with Peyton, Jerry Rice, and Torrey Holt. Man, that's a pretty good company. And then here, here, just just because you know I love this, Peyton Manning's ridiculous 2013 season, Denver scored a single-season record 606 points. Thomas finished wow. with 14 touchdowns that year to go with uh, 1,700 yards. Man, that was a good team, dude. Them guys were tough. And we got Ro- – well, I shouldn't say we. I'm a Colts fan, but I was pulling for Peyton. I'm always going to be – they got rolled 43-8 to eight in the Super Bowl. Homer. <laughs> Homer, he says. Yeah, they got rolled. Yeah, they got rolled in the Super Bowl by Mr. Wilson. They punked him out, dude. Oh, God. First play of the game or first possession, and that's bad snap. Hell yeah, it was. It was over from that point on. Wow. All right, moving on. Yep. This one you're gonna get a kick out of. 
So the United States Customs and Border Protection, so U.S. Customs, how the fuck is this going to tie into an episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards? You got to wonder. But I'm sure. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. <laughs> you So you haven't been playing on your phone at all the last day or two? You haven't seen any news about the U.S. Customs and how it would relate to sports? You have no idea where I'm going with this? I have no idea, dude. Okay, we're going to have some puck talks. This is, this is revolving well, around it. puck talk. Well, puck it. Let's just talk. Puck, puck it. Again. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. The U.S. Customs seized 10 counterfeit 1936 Detroit Red Wings Stanley Cup rings. Shut up. Nuh-uh. For trademark violations. Really? Okay. Okay. Customs officers at the Port of Champlain facility found the rings valued at $15,000 earlier this month after examining a shipment. Customs said the shipment violated the intellectual property rights of the Red Wings trademarks. Uh, Hang on, hang on, because this is important for us because we always play audio on the show. Intellectual property rights pertain to products that infringe upon U.S. trademarks, copyrights, and patents. Other violations can include misclassification of merchandise, false country of origin markings, health and safety issues, and violations. The Red Wings have won 11 Stanley Cups, the first two coming in 36 and 37 behind Hall of Famer Sid Howe. Detroit beat the Maple Leafs 3-1 in winning the Cup in 36. No other information is available at this time, but this is an ongoing issue. Huh. What's going on there? I don't know, man. Weird. Wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, you just love that, didn't you? Yes, I like it. <laughs> okay. So, you want to continue with a little puck talk momentarily? Yeah, puck it. Puck it. Bring it on. So, Josie Suarez, my goaltender. Yeah. Nashville Predators. Left Tuesday night's 5-4 loss to the Calgary Flames in the third period with an apparent foot injury. He went to the bench early in the game after an interference penalty. Uh, Well, not early, later in the game. They looked at his ankle. The goalie left the ice without putting any weight on his foot. He limped to the locker room. So they didn't have any updates about this as I came home from work and started piecing this episode together and then... Right before I got ready to hit record, they came down with an announcement on him. Um, let me scroll down here. So what they're going to do is they have two or three games left in the regular season. They've already clinched a playoff berth. They clinched it last night, but they're not going to play him in the final two regular season games. They're bound for the playoffs. They're going to rest him. They're going to recall uh, Connor Ingram. Now, Connor's playing right now in the minors in the AH, the AHL. Connor played early in the season a few times. Connor looks sharp between the irons. I'm not worried. We've already got a round. We've we've already got a playoff berth, so I could give a fuck less if we drop the next two games. Right. right. Uh, but he suffered a lower body injury. They're going to hold him out for a little bit. No other information is available on this yet. So here's to hoping. Ooh. Yeah. Now, you guys got to have somebody protect the net. Well, yeah. Sure. So let me go back up 
You got to go make a trade, maybe. Well, I, I fuck oh, trade, trade deadlines. Line. Yeah. It's over it, right. But it. it's just funny because you and I talked. We got into the playoffs, even though we lost, because Dallas yeah. beat Vegas last night. And because of that, both the Predators and the L.A. Kings are back. Right. Okay. But this ain't the same L.A. Kings that was dominant, you know, five, ten years ago. Right. But Suarez is, is – I've, I've been high on him. Not, And I'm not just saying that because I'm a homer. Like, okay. I, I liken sure this – I like – I'm liking this to a uh, – <laughs> I'm re- yeah, I know. I heard you. I'm I'm liking this to a to a Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck to a Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers type thing. Like Swaros was, you know, he he was kind of around. You know, we had, in my opinion, the best goalie in the league for several seasons of Pecorine. Right. Pecca, Pecca rides off into the sunset retirement. Here comes Swaros, and he's been one of the top goalies this year. He's uh, 38-25-3 in 67 starts this season. The most for any goalie in the league. He played in his first All-Star game this season. And, you know, going into last night, he had a nine, he had a .918 save percentage, four shutouts, and is fourth among goalies in the league right now with an average of 31.6 goals saved. Oh, damn. So he's playing lights-out hockey. But right, so what kind of? I mean, the injury. What are we talking? They don't know yet. Well, they just said a lower body injury, something matter with his ankle. He limped off. I mean, it could be a number of things. If I'm sure, I'm sure them guys take a beating throughout the season. Oh yeah, if he's not available for the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm not worried. But if we get into a situation where we're down like two games to one, three games to one. Or something, or heaven forbid, we're down two o three o, and right. he's not because Connor's young. Connor's played a few times this season, and then you know how the rules go. You know, some people got to go back down. You got to, you can't have this many people on your roster. Connor's solid. I won't say he's great, but he's solid. I'd rather, if I couldn't have a great player, I'd rather have a solid player. So, but I mean, who the fuck knows? But this is this is puck time. This is the Stanley <laughs> Cup play. You know, this right. is the postseason in two or three games. The postseason's here. Like it's time. It's you know, right. That'd yeah, be like it's uh, net, that. It's that, net time for sure. Well, yeah, that would that would simply be like okay, uh, they're getting ready to go into it's it's the AFC Championship game. It's the last quarter, and Roethlisberger, you know, breaks his pinky. Right. That would be like him looking at the backup going, hey, suit up and go in. Yeah. No, you just play through it. 15 minutes, you play through it. Right. That's right. All, All right, right. Let's, let's shift gears. All right. Let's talk, we got? Let's talk pitching. I love, I love me some pitching, man. Not a lot about pitching, but I just found this funny as fuck, and you might too. Well, the MLB decided they are going to do a little bit of switching around with the roster just through the end of May. The MLB and the union met Tuesday and said that teams can carry as many as 14 pitchers on the active roster from May 2nd through the 29th, and the league said this was for better player health purposes, in quotes. <clears throat> so... Okay, yeah. Uh. That the 13th pitcher limit would be enforced starting May 2nd. That was on March 31st, they said that. Then they announced that the active roster limit would be 28 from opening day on April 7th through May 1st. 
then revert back to 26. The larger size during the initial weeks was in response to the shortened spring training that followed the lockout. The active roster size will now increase to 28 on September 1st for the postseason. So I just find that kind of funny. Like, uh, oh, here we go. We almost don't have a season of baseball, but we really care about everything. Well, you know what? Why don't you guys carry a few more pitchers on your roster? Yeah, no shit. What's up? Do you remember back in the day? Like when I like, I mean, it was obviously different when you were growing up. It was different when I was growing up too in the nineties. But back when you had pitchers pitching two, three, four hundred innings in a season, yeah, that's crazy. They they were letting guys simply get out there and rake for seven, eight, nine innings a game. Some guys was pitching complete games. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyways, and uh, way back when they did that, and they played like twenty some innings too. Yeah. Of course, you ain't got refined down this. Well, you know this now. this younger generation, not not my generation, the generation behind me that, you know, they they just can't hang anymore these days. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I was gonna talk about the Trevor Bauer thing, but me and you kind of talked about that at work, so I didn't know. You want me to touch on that? Yeah, or? you can touch on it. Yeah, I mean, well, Kurt's home, Kurt's favorite baseball team. Kurt bleeds yeah. what colors? Dodger Blue. Los Angeles Dodger Blue. Yep. They're one of their pitchers, and honestly, he's a fairly decent pitcher. Trevor Bauer filed a lawsuit Monday against the San Diego woman who accused him of sexual assault last year. He's claiming defamation of character and interference while while seeking an unspecified amount of money and punitive damages. (laughs) <laughs> this is because he says the woman fabricated allegations of sexual assault, pursued bogus criminal and civil actions, made false and malicious statements, and generated a media blitz all based on her lies and her bullshit in an uh. attempt to garner attention for herself and extort me out of millions of dollars. Oh, touche. Huh? Touche. So huh. it's, you know, this woman uh, apparently... If I remember right from last year, because you and I talked about this. We didn't talk about this on any podcast, but you and I talked about this. She, I guess, pursued a restraining order against him, stating that, you know what, and fuck it, I'm not going to pull no punches here. He took consensual sex too far and said it was rough. He countered a saying she wanted it rough. Uh, He would... Alleged that she asked him to choke her while having sex, which she later would admit that she did consent to being choked. She wanted to be choked, but at first she would admit to it. Uh, she had injuries all over her body, bite marks on her ass, uh, bruises oh, everywhere below boy. the waistline. So, you know, he, he's saying she asked for this, and then, of course, you know, she's going to counter and say, no, I didn't. Well, things took a little bit of turn for the worse for this old girl. Oh. She was denied her restraining order uh, back in August. Since then, Bauer's been kind of suspended from, from the team. Right. You know, they're, they're just like, hey, this is an issue that's being investigated in federal court. This is an issue that's being investigated by Major League Baseball. This is not PR that we need, especially coming off a, uh, you know. Right. You know, all. So, anyways, but uh, apparently, 
in the lawsuit, his attorney claimed, and you know what? Not safe for work, but fuck it. It's a, it's it's my show, and me and you don't deny any content. Right. His attorneys denied that he engaged in anal sex with the woman against her will, claiming wow. she wanted it, punched her in the face, all this. So she's saying none of this happened. Then she comes out and says she did want to be choked. Well, then I guess from what I found today, there's text messages that have been intercepted and investigated that this woman sent to her friends in which she not only bragged about the sex. Oh, and by the way, oh, apparently, no. apparently she requested sex from Bauer multiple times. So this was an ongoing thing. This wasn't a standalone incident. Uh, so he took his Ferrari well, down one way. But and, right, oh, and uh, <laughs> hang on, bro, it gets better. Okay. So there's text messages out there now that we've been intercepted. Of course, she, you know, she would provide photographs of her injuries, and I'm sure there probably was. I believe there was injuries. Well, but you, right. you know, you play hardball, you know. And golly, who don't have sex like but, that? But anyways, everybody does, right? Except for me and you. <laughs> but uh, nobody wants us, bro. But uh, but but then. There was more text messages that were intercepted between her and her girlfriends where she was bragging about she's going to get a massive potential payout when this goes to court, which, you know, I guess her people had tried to spin this as, you know, she's just talking about, you know, when justice is held and his lawyer's like, no, she's talking about when she extorts money out of my client. So it's a huge fucking ordeal. Oh, man. Bauer. crap. Bauer is still being investigated. He's still not really allowed to be with the team to a certain extent. But the the lawsuit clearly states the woman instigated the rough sex, citing a text message that was sent between their first and second encounters. So they've they've done this two or three times with each other. And the last text, she said, come bring me the pain, Big Daddy. (laughs) So... So there you go, bro. There you go. Woo. So I mean, hey, it's Holy modern crap. age. It's it. You know the Me Too movement about sexual harassment and rape oh, and everything. Too. It's me it's, too. Yeah. It's a serious thing, but I think this woman was just looking for a payday. Yeah. And if people want to be that way, if people want to shit on me and you for saying that, then then go ahead. You know, me and Kurt's good, honest people. Our character speaks for itself. Right. I know the Me Too movement's a serious thing. Sexual harassment, rape, sodomy, all that serious, yeah. serious business. This bitch was just looking for a payday. Yeah. And she was looking for a little Yeah. So not only is this still ongoing, but if this all falls in Bauer's favor, she's gonna have to pay him big money back, pay court fees, pay attorney's fees, and so yeah, a whole lot of shit. Yeah, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, they could flush it all that shit because I really don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because uh, wow, that was a serious thing, but it was also some comedic relief. Yeah, it was. Yeah, especially the when pro- she she's caught Ray Ham with text messages talking about a big fucking payday. Yeah. Okay, so we just had a talk a little bit ago about Denny <laughs> Hamlin and being anti-Asian. Right. So. Do you want to do you want to be some pro Asian? Yeah, I got some pro Asian news. Okay, this right I on. thought was cool. You want the UFC and Dana White announced earlier this week that it's going to stage an eight man tournament 
across four men's weight classes later this year in the hopes of continuing to bring in new Asian talent. It's called the Road to UFC. It's an initiative that's going to start June 9th and 10th and will take place in Singapore. The UFC is hosting a pay-per-view event that same weekend, and the tournament's going to air on uh, ESPN+. Plus. They've not revealed any of the contestants yet, but the athletes are expected to come from Japan, Korea, Philippines, Indonesia, Thailand, and the UFC Training Academy. They opened a performance institute in China about five years ago. So, you know, good, good, right. good being, you know, internationally, you know, yeah, yeah. In- including other people. Absolutely. Uh, and then. An eight man tournament. An eight man tournament. Huh. Huh. That'd be interesting. Yeah. And then this is uh, the last four items I got. And, you know, we're only a few minutes into this, so it's it's going to take us a minute. Uh, we got some, uh, in addition to all the other bullshit we do, we got some boxing stuff to talk about. Yeah, okay. You know, you and I, not only here on the mic, but at work and when I'm at your house, we're starting to talk a lot more boxing. Oh, yeah, I like me some boxing. Because, yes. like, I'm getting back into boxing again, and, you know, it's, it's kind of taken a back seat the last 15, 20 years to the UFC. It has, it has yes. But, like, there's some exciting shit going on in boxing right now. Yeah. So, the first thing I want to talk about is you didn't know anything about this until I told you today, but Mike Tyson punched a guy in the fucking face yeah. on an airplane the other day. Don't fuck with the champion, all right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it don't pal. matter It don't matter where you are in the world. Everybody knows what TMZ is. Yes. It's that Los Angeles-based yes. California news outlet. They Pretty have a funny shit, dude. So TMZ Sports obtained the video showing Tyson whopping this guy. And if you if you go look online, if you hop in your Google machine and you put okay. Mike Tyson punch airplane, the dude's face is like, I mean, it's not like his face is broken, but like he's cut the fuck up from Tyson's knuckles. Well, yeah, I can imagine. So here, so here's the story. So, according to the San Francisco Police Department, they said this past Thursday they were dispatched to a physical altercation on board the airplane at the San Francisco airport. The department wouldn't identify the individuals involved, although it was later not it was later informed that uh, former heavyweight champion of the world Mike Tyson was involved. The video, there's you can see a man sitting behind Tyson who's repeatedly been trying to speak with him. And Tyson's a celebrity. Tyson's right. a heavyweight champion. And sometimes celebrities don't want to be bothered. And even if you decide to bother a celebrity that don't want to be bothered, I wouldn't make it a celebrity whose job is like contact sports, like boxing, wrestling, MMA. Well, the guy wasn't real happy <laughs> that Tyson was ignoring him. So he continued to fuck with Tyson. Oh, boy. And I guess he threw... Here you are. Here you are the picture is you're shaking the hornet's nest. Yeah. Literally. Like, like, like I'm, I'm dead serious, Kurt. Think about what I just said. Like, they're famous people. They're celebrities. They're pro athletes. They don't want to be fucked with. So right. if you decide you're still going to go ahead with that issue, 
Make sure the guy is not a combat sports guy, like a boxer, a a MMA fighter, a pro wrestler. So apparently the guy apparently the guy had enough of being ignored by Tyson and he threw a water bottle at him. And that was the powder keg that was that was the match, the powder keg dynamite. Tyson got up, turned around, and I mean fucking waylaid on the dude. Well, I mean, yeah, come on. So far, you take, no, a, you so, take a stick and you see a hornet's nest, you poke it once, okay? Yeah. And, and the hive starts going, and you think, well, huh. Let's you know, do it that's again. funny you said that. I was talking to my dad last night. I seen a video about a hornet's nest on Facebook. You know how these people got rid of this hornet's nest? This was in, this was in like, uh, I think he said it was like in Australia. You know what they did? They uh, shot an M80 into the fucking hornet's nest, took off running, and one guy was filming from a distance, and then that fucking thing exploded. Oh, uh, no. And I don't like thinking to myself, I hope they exploded too, because if not, yeah. you're going to die. Yeah, basically. But anyways, and, and Tyson, so Tyson's had some public run-ins with the people before. There was the rape case in the 90s. Right. Uh, there was the incident, and uh, a couple years after I was born in L.A., I do I remember reading about that where he beat the shit out of a couple parking lot pen, uh, you know, parking lot attendants. But, um, anyways, no charges have been pressed against Titan. Titan, uh, uh, Titan. I said Tyson. Titan. Yeah, Titan. he is a Titan. He is, for but sure. uh, he's too busy with shit now, you know. Even though he knocked the fuck out of a guy, don't get excited. He's not coming back to the ring. He came back for one exhibition fight, you know, a year and a half ago with Roy Jones Jr. Right. Tyson's busy. You know what he does with his time nowadays? No. He's focusing on his line of uh, legalized marijuana. Right on. And his podcast, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about that? Did I tell you Tyson Uh -uh. did a podcast? Uh Uh-uh. You know how everybody makes fun of the way Tyson talks? Yeah. And how he says really stupid shit like we do. Yeah. It's amazing, though, when he's got a mic in front of him and it's his own fucking podcast with his own crew of production engineers, he sounds just fine. Really? He's still Let's got the list. Let's he's, get him on the show. Let me call him right now, bro. Yeah, right. Let me call Mike Tyson right now. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. How old do you think he is? That I do not know. 51. You're close. He's a little bit old. He's 55 years of age. Okay. And I guarantee he could still knock me and you the fuck out. Well, yeah. Yeah. Iron Mike. Man, that would have been a killer fight, dude. Him and Ali. That is still... I, uh, man, it's, I, at this point now that we've done like over 30 episodes... And I'm really pushing. I really want, like, I need to set a reasonable number, but I'm really pushing because we're coming up on the one year anniversary in a few weeks. Right. So I'm really pushing with. I would. I would be happy to get another thirty done. I would be happy if we hit like seventy five episodes. That you know, by the right. by December of total. Not. There's no way we're going to do seventy five this year unless we're doing it every week, but. Or multiple times a week, but like by the end of the year, our total episodes so far, I'd be happy if we hit seventy-five. But still, right. to this day, 
it, it, it it's hard now to pick because it's like asking you to pick between the boys. It's like asking me to pick between my boy and the girls. Right. It's hard to pick a favorite episode. It's like picking your favorite kid. Right, right. But I will say this. The Tyson versus Ali's in the top five. Oh, yeah. I had a oh, lot yeah. of fun with that. I had a lot of fun I with Magic too. versus Bird. I like the little poll we did there before uh, the show there at work. That was yeah. pretty good. Man, we ought to do that again. Put a poll out there. We picked up a new listener this week. He's a, right, he's a Pins fan. A pirate. He's an all-Pittsburgh sports fan. Okay. Lives in Jasper, works at Kimball. He's Big, probably mad at me. Oh yeah. He 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 sent me a nice <laughs> little paragraph. He goes, The guy's a lifelong Steeler. He anyways. Kirk no, got no, Kirk right. got some shit for his rankings of the Steelers back in our July episode. Check it out in our archives. Uh podbean.com, Steel yeah, Toes and Scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. Who made the list and who didn't? I got I went, my reasons. I got my reasons, all right? Hey, man, the top 10 was pretty solid. He's just a little pissed that AB tied in there at 10. But the top 10, I mean, we had some good – we had some good uh, – Mike Webster was on that list. Jack Lambert oh, yeah. was on that list. Oh, yeah. I had him fucking sweating it the whole time thinking I didn't put Mean Joe Green in at number one. Because <laughs> he said he listened to the episode and we got the honorable mention list and the first name I mentioned was Joe Green. He said, I was ready to turn that son of a bitch off right there. <laughs> I mean, that's where it all started. The whole Steeler Nation thing started with Joe Green. Mean Joe. Do you remember the Coke commercial? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To my, today, that's still probably one of the greatest sports commercials greatest ever. Sports commercials ever, yeah. He gives him he gives him his jersey, and he gives him his yep. Coke. Yep. Yep, for sure. I remember that. That's iconic as fuck, dude. All right. Moving on. Because we're yeah. the, the next three or four I'll things are. Homer, we keep talking about the Steelers. <sighs> we'll do another Steelers episode sometime. Right on. Top ten Steeler plays of all time. The immaculate reception number one. I heard about that today. A guy at work argued that about Franco. He said, "Well, he caught the immaculate reception. How can he have butterfingers?" Who said that? <laughs> I want names. Who buff. said that? Buff. Oh, buff. Yep, buff. He's not a Steelers fan, is he? Yeah, he is. Oh, he is a Steelers guy? Yes, yeah, yes. He, he was arguing. He said, you know who he said first? Who <clears throat> should be number one? Lynn Swan. Now, don't get me wrong. Swanee I'm, was great. Did we put I Lynn like Swan me. on the list? I don't even remember. I think he might have made, for sure, honorable mention. I'll have to go back and look. I don't remember who made uh, the list. He's trying to tell me he belonged at number one. I, no, 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 no. No. Oh, man. I love doing this podcast. You know, this podcast is going to continue uh, yeah. even with the new changes that's coming for right, uh, right. for me. Well, yeah. So. I just keep bringing me the news information, man. I like it. <laughs> it we just touched on some pretty cool stuff. Not really cool stuff, I guess. And we still got news. five pages of potential episodes, and I'm still putting more on the list every day. Well, not every day. Right. I ain't. Uh, after we get done with this uh, point three or part three of the point guard episode, which uh, I told everybody we'll do that next weekend, was when you and I finish that up. Yeah. But because um, I got it's kid weekend this weekend, and me and Bentley's going right. to going to Oak Grove, Kentucky, gonna watch yep. some NWA wrestling, the National Wrestling, wrestling Alliance. Some wrestling. Front yes. row tickets. I got us front row tickets. Only cost me seventy five dollars for two front Thank row tickets. Y'all, there you go. Uh, 
anyways, it's down there by Fort Campbell. Okay. We'll be like right. 45 minutes from where I built that log cabin in uh, the fall of 2019. Right on. But anyways, we got we to gotta move on. We got to move on. Yeah, okay, okay. Ox, Oscar De La Hoya is yeah. in some shit now. There was a civil lawsuit filed against him in Los Angeles Wednesday and his tequila brand Casa Mexico and sexual assault. He, Uh-oh. a former employee of Casa Mexico, alleges in the filing that De La Hoya sexually harassed her and sexually assaulted her on two separate occasions. The lawsuit is a counter complaint. So the survivor Damn. of this, yeah, yeah, here we go Damn again. Damn him and his little hombre. <laughs> him and his little hombre. <laughs> Damn it, guys, come on now. Wait, hang on, I haven't hit it yet. Wait, right. there we go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. That make you feel better? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, the attorney for this woman said that a survivor of this abuse, she wants others to know that this behavior is unacceptable by Mr. De La Hoya and his brand, and his Casa Mexico. Little- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. She oh, alleges no, that on the first night there while visiting the brand's distillery that De La Hoya knocked on her hotel room door. When she opened the door, she saw... Here you go. I'm going to get ready to hit it for you. When she opened the door, she saw De La Hoya standing with his pants down around his ankles in a full erection. Oh, a little longer. Damn it. That's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I redid the sound pad. I'm fucking up where all the buttons are. Not an erection, no. That's what it says. Full erection. Oh, she no. claims he then forced his way into her room and got in her bed. He pushed. His little hombre grew up. Huh? Oh my God! That's <laughs> it. Uh, the next morning, he didn't show. He failed to show up for his meeting to tour the distillery. The woman claims she went to his room and wake and woke him up, and then he pulled her into his bed and sexually assaulted her. If that's the real case, anybody? Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. He's in some shit, anyways. Our last weeknight episode. We talked a little bit about boxing, and, you know, he kind of shit the bed. He's kind of in some shit over not paying guys their money. and Right. Anyways, uh, so De La Hoya and Mario Lopez are listed as partners in the Casa Mexico on the company's website. Mario Lopez, for those of you 90 babies like me, who was born in 87 and was watching good TV back in the early 90s. Mario Lopez played A.C. Slater on Saved by the Bell. A.C. Slater. Yep. He passed away, didn't he? No, he's still alive. uh, Screech. Screech, yeah. Screech passed away. Dustin died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't hear that, yeah. So there, there's a whole lot of shit going on about him. De La Hoya is 49 right now. He's a six-division champion, Olympic gold medalist. He was one of the most popular boxers of his era. He's a dual. He owns dual American and Mexican citizenship, and he retired following a loss to Manny Pacquiao in 2008. He was scheduled to return to the ring last year, but withdrew after coming down with COVID. He has now said he will know he will not step in the ring again. So, huh. 
All right, so I got I saved got two more boxing things. Saved some meat and taters for last. I like meat and taters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fat, dude. <laughs> I'm meat too, dude. So, <laughs> so Saturday <laughs> afternoon, this past Saturday, across the pond, Wembley Stadium, ninety four thousand fucking people. Dillian White, Tyson Fury, yes, World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Two large men. Two very large heavyweights. And I don't care what anybody says. Boxing's great. I love boxing. But women's boxing in any division or men's heavyweight boxing is where it's at. Right. I know some people are going to say that's violent. Not. No, you see two women in good shape boxing and beating the shit out of each other like they're men. And they're selling in the ring. And it's warrior versus warrior. That's some dope yep. shit. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. So anyways, so Saturday, this went down. Uh, I mean, you catch me some highlights of it. You did, yeah. So you're starting to get more into boxing because I'm getting more into boxing. Probably. So I, I, since Tyson, I, I believe boxing was, you know, it, it just went underground, underground or something. You know. So you hear about to talk about this? I got to skip forward to something in the notes and then skip back. So Benny, anyway. I think it was the sixth round. Tyson set up the fight-ending shot with a jab. He threw 143 punches in the fight. The uppercut, and I have to tell this part to get back to the part I want to tell. The uppercut would just send, if you've seen it, just yeah. drop White to the mat. He, oh, yeah. So, Dillian White's 34. He was fighting for the heavyweight title for the first time. He waited more than 1,600 days as the WBC's number one contender, and he used every ounce of strength he had left to beat the referee's count. He was asked to walk forward to prove that he was ready, but then he tumbled in the ropes, and the ref yep. went ahead and shut it down. Now, yep. across boxing and the sport of boxing, and believe me, we'll do we'll talk about this more in boxing <coughs> episodes, but there's four governing bodies in boxing. There's the WBC, the WBA, the WBO, and the IBF. There's four governing bodies in boxing. That's why you hear about all these champions. You know, each body, governing body, has its own representative as a champion. But then when you start, you know, you get your undisputed and you're unanimous. You got this guy fights this champion. You know, this guy fights this champion. Well, then one heavyweight has three of the body champions. So, so it's, it's, it's a lot of confusing. Would we get into it more eventually? But yeah. after the fight... Tyson said that uh, he he's done. He's 33 years old. He said, I've done everything asked of me. I've done more promotion, more interviews than any heavyweight probably has. I go above and beyond with all these shows I fought on. I definitely deserve to be able to make the choice where I think it benefits me most. I've given 20 years of my life to boxing, amateur and professional i've had my brains beat in i've been put down i've been rocked i've been cut i've had tough fights draws i've had wins i've suffered horrible losses i've boxed all over the world how much blood can you get out of a stone i feel like this is it for me although there's been some clamoring now in the last few there there already was you know i love the word clamor yeah. there's been some clamoring for a cup for a number of years but now that he's, you know, kind of giving the impression he's mulling over retirement. Um, right. Alexander Usek, there's there's a fight 
people want to see between them two for the unanimous undisputed title. Because, you know, if memory serves me correct, USEC should hold the IBF, WBO, and WBA heavyweight title, while Tyson Fury has the WBC. So, and for those of you that are kind of know what I don't, the W, you know, you think of boxing, you think of all the championship belts, but you always think of the one belt that stands out because it's green. The yeah. green belt is the one that Tyson Fury holds. The green belt is the WBC championship. But as far as a breakdown of the fight here, Tyson Fury threw 243 punches, landed 76. Dillian White threw 171 and only landed 29. That's 17 percent. Yeah, not very. Uh, so not very effective. Yeah, he's a face beat in at so, that rate. To why I told you that is because I need to scroll back up here is because Dillian White come out earlier this week after the fights. And you got to think, this was in Wembley. You know, this fight kicked right. off. They they started marching to the ring about 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon over here in America. It was already 10, 11 o'clock at night over there in England. So Monday, Sky Sports Net, who's the, one of the leading sports broadcast stations, in the UK, White said Fury broke rules by pushing him after a stunning uppercut in the sixth round. He okay. said he rose from the canvas but was not allowed to continue, meaning Fury would retain the BCE title. He said, I was buzzed, obviously. I was trying to gather my senses when he pushed me and I fell over and hit my head on the canvas, which is illegal as fuck. This isn't right. professional wrestling. This isn't mixed martial arts. This is goddamn boxing. I should have been allowed extra time to recover and then carried on fighting. I got caught, no doubt about it. I got caught by a good shot. I went for the left uppercut. He went for the right. He's a little bit taller than me, so obviously he landed his range. I was hurt. I was trying to get to my senses, and he two-handed pushed me. It wasn't like a one-arm bump. I should have had time to recover, go back to my corner. Tyson Fury can get away with a lot of things, but apparently not me. So mm. now, Dillian White is pissed, saying, demanding he should get a rematch. He deserves a rematch. That's the fight that everybody wants to see. So, well, uh, I, uh, what do you do for Fury? Uh, I, 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 I'll fight him again. Well, here, here's the thing, though. So now, Fury's 32-0 and 0 with 23 knockouts. And like I said, he said after the... After this fight, he'll probably retire, keeping a promise he made to his wife. Although Paris Fury, his wife, her name's Paris. How cool is that? <laughs> she admitted he could be enticed by a one more fight. Would it be a unification bout with Alexander Usyk? Although Usyk is going to face heavyweight Anthony Joshua for the WBA, IBF, WBO, and IBO. Which nobody cares about the IBO yet. Anyways, so so who knows what's going to happen there? But ninety four thousand people. This is arguably to me, this was probably the third biggest fight in boxing this year. Okay. I think the biggest fight is this weekend. Although it could be argued that what's coming in September will be probably the biggest fight. I don't know. Uh, I'm really excited. For those of you guys that you know want to hear more about this, check out our last weeknight Chronicles episode we did a couple weeks ago, where yeah. 
where I really laid into what I'm getting ready to talk about next. I've already talked about it at length. I'm just going to touch on it again. But Saturday night, this coming Saturday, and it's live on pay-per-view, and I won't be there to watch it because me and my boy Uh are going to be sitting front front row for some old-school NWA professional wrestling. Wrestling, wrestling. That's right. Okay, before I I get into this, you know, I, I keep talking to NWA, and you're thinking, NWA, yes and no. This is the NWA that you grew up on. But it's different. Right. It's different now. Okay. Okay. You remember the old school Ric Flair's uh-huh. and everybody, oh, yeah. the, the NWA. So the NWA, for all Arn intents Anderson. and yes. Yeah. For yeah, all, yeah. In, all intents and purposes, the NWA back in the day was just a bunch of regional promotions under one umbrella called the National Wrestling Alliance with one goal in mind, to put Vince McMahon's father, Vince McMahon Sr., out of business. Uh, now, the NWA is a standalone brand. They do not really, uh, they don't really harbor a bunch of other promotions. It is its own brand, owned and funded by Smashing Pumpkins lead guitarist and lead vocalist William Patrick Corgan. Really? Yes, you you heard that right. Oh, you yeah. and all the listeners, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. The music you were listening to in the Fire early nineties, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He is the owner and sole invest and lead investor, top investor of the National Wrestling Alliance. He bought the company in twenty seventeen, completely gutted it, made it a standalone. And let me tell you something: I check out their TV shows on Tuesday nights uh, on Fight Network and on YouTube. They have a they have a thirty minute YouTube show on Saturdays. Right. It gives off the 80s vibe because they're in a television really? studio. <clears throat> There's probably 50 people in attendance. And uh, uh, that's what we're going to go see this weekend, me and my boy. Well, cool, Front row. But anyways. Yeah, sounds like a good time. Okay, so getting back to this. So Saturday night, Madison Square Garden. Uh, I've been, if you guys that follow me on social media, I've been talking about this for, for weeks and months. This is probably going to be the fight of the year as far as like rankings, I believe. I have high hopes for this. I'm telling you right now, this is either going to be the biggest or second biggest fight this year behind Canelo Alvarez and Triple G Part 3. Amanda Sariano and Katie Taylor, Madison Square Garden, both these women are going to get the biggest payday in female boxing history. They're both going to bring seven figures. Katie Taylor's putting her WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, and the ring female lightweight titles on the line. So she's got a lot to offer or a lot to lose. But Amanda Soriano is going to hope to add to her incredible legacy because she's held nine major world titles across seven different weight classes in her career. That's impressive. They're both ranked number one and number two in the world, pound for pound, boxing rankings. And it's just it I like I said, I've touched on this in our last Chronicle episode. Check that out if you want to hear more. This is gonna be a historic fight for so many reasons because it's main evented by women in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden is the most famous arena in the world. Yeah, the Knicks play there, but Madison Square Garden's famous for boxing, professional wrestling, and MMA fights. This was supposed to be there. Did you know? Which you didn't know this, but I'm telling you this. You want to know how little people thought of this? <laughs> I'm excited. Can you tell I'm excited? I can tell, dude. Yes, absolutely. So you want to know how little people thought of this in the beginning? They've been trying to put this fight together for like four years now. 
So when it finally got pitched that it was probably going to go down in 2022. So I don't know how much you know about MSG, but there's a smaller venue located inside, kind of connected to MSG, kind of like a theater type stuff where it can hold like maybe 5,000 people. People thought they should put the fight in there instead of putting it in the big fucking arena. Uh, Well, it needs to be in the big arena. Well, it it will be now. It is. So, you know, you know, know, I always shit on the, the Paul brothers, Jake and Logan Paul. Yeah. And, you know, they've really got into boxing and Logan Paul. Logan Paul wrestled at WrestleMania just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. Jake Paul's been getting into boxing promotion. He helped put this together with uh, Eddie Hearn, who owns okay. Matchroom Boxing. It's a big name, big promoter. Um, so it's finally going to happen. These women are going to get seven-figure paydays. You've got the world ranked one versus two going at it. Um, but anyways, uh, Taylor's Katie Taylor sets at twenty-two and zero, undefeated, putting four titles on the line. Like I said, Sariano's held nine major world championships across seven divisions. She's got a pro record of 42-1-1. And, one. and there you go. Then you, the, the other storyline involving this is Eddie Hearn and Jake Paul for matchroom boxing and most valuable promotions. So it, it's, it's, it's historic. It's going to be impressive. Um. I've been really, I'm really getting back into boxing again. You know, the last, the the only boxing pay per view that we ever bought when I was a kid was I'd con dad and mom into 2002, man. Memphis Pyramid, Lennox Lewis versus Mike Tyson. Lewis fucked him up, dude. Right. So, but I'm, the last few years, I've really started kind of following it again. I haven't talked about it. And then we did. You know, we put out our only poll, and it jumped leaps and bounds for Tyson versus Ali. Yeah. And we polled, like, over 100 people that week. Yeah, everybody and was interested. Everybody in was interested in it, yeah. So we're going to do some more boxing stuff. But uh, I think that's all I have as far as the notes. The didn't really put anything else. But I, or I guess, you know, the, the other thing I want to touch on, I don't even have any notes, but we're on the march towards September. If all goes according to plan, we're going to have the trilogy of all trilogies. No offense to uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. No offense to Ali and Frazier. If all goes according to plan in September, we'll get Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, versus Canelo Alvarez, Part 3, the trilogy to end all trilogies. And uh-huh. that son of a bitch will probably clear a hundred million dollars easy. Maybe not. I mean, that's an extorted figure. I get excited, but there'll be multiple millions of dollars. Each of these guys a piece will walk away with probably twenty million huh. or better. Right. Well, that's a pretty good day to pay, huh? Yeah. I get excited about boxing. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. It's like yeah. super excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm digging with the boxing. I mean, here you were cracking jokes about little sombreros. <laughs> no, no, not sombreros. Oh, little ombre. Oh, little ombres, not sombreros. Yes, 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 little ombre. La pinga. La pinga. La pinga. La pinga. Yeah. Yes, he, he grew up, I guess, huh? Oh God. Well, I mean, I seen it. I seen an opportunity there to make it funny. 
you know, know you are the comedic relief on this show. Hey, you know that's one thing my my buddy was telling me. He goes, I kind of he goes, I might listen to more if nothing else for the sheer comedic relief. <laughs> and uh, well, I will make people laugh. That's good. I will read you some of the feedback we got from him. I, right. I will read you some of the feedback right now. Let me pull up my text messages. From my friend who shall remain nameless so him and Kurt don't fight each other. Oh, um, do that. he's a Pins fan. He's a Pirates fan. He is a Steelers fan. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three. Meatloaf said that, right? Yes, he did. My only real issue, it's got to be AB. All the dudes you named, including the honorable mentions, embodied Steelers football. Brown is an yeah. incredible player, but his stats mean nothing to the organization in the long run. He never contributed to a championship-winning team. He's the only Steeler on this list that don't have a ring. That's not entirely his fault, though, but you and I both know he's the furthest from a blue-collar, hard-working mentality that makes a great Pittsburgh Steeler. A great uh, player, no doubt. An all-time great Steeler? I don't know about that. Uh, that's a great call, really. I, you know, he put that in perspective like that, yeah. So yeah, I, was, I was going off stats, you know, basically. And I, I failed to remember, he don't have a ring. Absolutely. He said, uh, he said, hats off to Not you guys. Bad, for, bro. He said, he said, hats off to you guys, though, for doing this. He said, that's tough. It's like ranking the number, the 10 best Lakers or the 10 best Yankees. I couldn't yeah. even imagine. Or the top 25 point guards. He said, this top 10 better have Rod Woodson. I said, he made the honorable mention list. He goes, what? <laughs> he said, you weren't going to lie when you said you were going to trigger people. He said, I swear to God, if Alan, or if Mean Joe Green is not number one. Uh, yeah, I bet yeah, he's going to go ballistic, wasn't he? Oh, man. But it, that was a great episode. And honestly, now that I think about it, let's see how many episodes we've put out altogether total. Because I'm not sure off the top of my head because i've done some bonus shit without you just my own getting on there ranting and raving right so we've done 37 episodes all together so 29 of them have featured me and you right 20 more like 30 because i think me and you did a bonus episode together but yeah so yeah, that, well, I, that's that's uh, all I got. Unless you want to ad lib a little bit for our uh, weeknight well, chronicle. Tell you, what's your buddy's name? Tyson. I Tyson. shit you not. It's Tyson, like Mike Tyson. That's his first right. name, Tyson. Well, I, I, I apologize for not having someone else on the list. Or, and, you know, Hines Ward would have been more. Heinz Ward would have been more. Been Maybe we right should have switched Heinz Ward's with AB. Yes. I think I yeah. got caught up in laughing at the sideshow that AB became. Right, right. Right. And it was just comical to me. Yeah, it's not Steeler way, no. No. <laughs> that's that's okay though. Well, I mean, you know, we got a bunch of dead. Now we're out talking about it. We got a bunch of. The last few years, we had too many of them pre Madonna type wide receivers. Like, yeah. You know, dancing on somebody else's midfield. That's not Steeler way. You know, we let our game do the talking, or we did. You know what I just thought about? We. Did not talk about any NBA. So while I've got the computer in front of me with my notes, why don't we just uh, you want to you want to just real quick breeze through yeah. what's going on in the NBA playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yep. 
So let's check the uh, the standings here because they're already in the postseason, but it'll give an idea of who's who, where's where. I wonder if I can see postseason NBA here. Oh shit! I hit baseball. Whoops! No wonder these. No wonder these weren't. weren't uh, here we go. Playoff matchups. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Technical difficulty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody ready. advanced last night anyways. So um, the one-seeded Heat, yeah, they shut down the eight-seeded Atlanta Hawks. They four games to one. So Miami's moving on. Jimmy Butler is still playing in Miami, is he not? Uh, yeah, I think so. And then uh, great, Boston, great playoff player, dude. I mean, Boston's the two seed. They sent Brooklyn packing four games swept. Kyrie Irving, think about this. Think about the players that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are. Think about the players they are. Yeah, KD ring chase. Kyrie stayed in Cleveland. He got his ring with LeBron. Then he left. But think about the player that these two are together. Think about the players that these two are, their careers by themselves. These are probably guys that could be Naismith Hall of Famers one day. Yes. And for the first time in their careers now, they were swept Wet. Yeah. in the first round of the postseason. Uh, could it be the other time? I don't know. I mean, they've been around for a while, you know. I don't. I mean, time flies, man. Right you know, now... Right now, game five is going on between the three-seeded Milwaukee Bucks and the six-seeded Chicago Bulls. I don't have an update on the score. I didn't pull it up, but uh, Milwaukee's up three games to one in the Eastern Conference. I think they might repeat. Yeah, they very well might. Tomorrow Tomorrow night, we have game six. Between the 76ers and the Raptors, that's your four versus five seed matchup. 76ers are up three games to two. And I don't see any reason why the 76ers couldn't, you know, close it out. Right. But now in the Western Conference, uh, CP3 and Devin Booker. Devin Booker will be out uh, it was out for game five, which I believe was last night. He didn't play. He, I, he's got a hamstring or something. I remember seeing it come across Facebook during uh, lunch yesterday. But uh, the Phoenix Suns, the one seed, their Pelicans are the eighth seed. Now, right now, Phoenix is up three games to two. CP3, man. Yeah. CP3 needs his ring. Yeah, he does. I agree. So, going on to the Western Conference Finals, continuing. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, the two seed. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the seven seed. Last night, the Timberwolves were up, and then they shit the bed. The Grizzlies come back to beat them, 111 to 109. Uh, Memphis leads the series three games to two. What else we got here, Dirty Curdy? So then the three seed, Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They kick off tonight at 10 p.m., they're playing the six-seeded Denver Nuggets. They're up three games to one. The Nuggets were, uh, I guess, the thing earlier today that they're still not worried. 
Well, if you're down three games to one against Steph Curry and Clay oh, yeah. Thompson, you're not worried. Yeah, well, you wanted the IQ at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you're, you best be worried. And then your four versus five seed matchup, the Dallas Mavericks are the four seed. Utah Jazz are the fifth seed. They play game six tomorrow night. Uh, Mavericks lead the Jazz three games to two right now. So, uh, I can't believe they'd be saying that. They, they ain't worried. Oh, they're one three pointer away from the elimination, you know. Up two with five seconds to go, and all of a sudden, Curry hits one from anywhere. And the NBA find Utah Jazz standout Rudy Gobert for uh, who, by the way, Rudy Gobert was the first player in all f- of in, in the big four in 2020 to test positive for COVID, right. Go. And that's where uh, I made the so I made the joke the day after it happened. I stole a meme and I made the joke that Rudy Gobert should win the 2019-2020 Defensive Player of the Year because the man literally shut the entire league down. Because <laughs> after he tested positive, <coughs> right, uh, they went. That's when, yeah. So did they play an 82 game season? Well, they did. They came. Uh, they came back fit because when they shut the league down, they had already had the. All- I'm pretty sure they already had the All Star break. I'm pretty sure they shut down in March or might have been February. I know the NHL was the first league to shut down, but MLB was still in the off season. Football just ended, so the NHL I think pulled the trigger first on shutting down. Which, by the way. On our list of episodes, our number two episode that's listed on there to cover was uh, 2020 COVID era sports, how COVID just changed professional sports. We haven't got there yet, but but that's all the NBA news I got. I don't really think there's anything else pressing NBA-wise to cover. I'm going to refresh the old ESPN here and see if it says anything. Uh, There's a good article on there if somebody wants to read about it. It's uh, Doc Rivers criticizing the media about uh, the past playoff failures. He says, quote, tell the whole story if you're going to tell it. Uh, so, well, I, I like Doc Rivers. I do, too. I do, too. I have no issue with Doc Rivers. No. Uh-uh. All right. You got anything? Um, anything you want to no, say? Mush- add, mushroom, ask? Season, mushroom season's over. Mushroom season's over. And never did get started. <laughs> Kurt's very upset about his mushrooms. Bust. It was a bust. It was a bust, he said. A bust. Oh, yeah. In the papers, it was oh, it's going to be a great year in Southern Indiana. Uh, that did not happen. Womp, womp, wait, womp. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it did, it did for some people, I guess, but not me. My, my spots were lead. The only other, th- the only other thing I was going to, uh, Announced the NFL draft is coming up soon. I don't know what day it won't be. It's sometime in the next couple of couple of weeks. Um, although the Arizona Cardinals, I did want to mention this. They did pick up Kyler Murray's option. Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick in seventeen or eighteen. I don't remember. Uh, but he, so he's not locked under contract for one more year for the. You know, twenty three season. Right. So, 
And then I think that's I think that's really about it. Um, oh, uh, I can't believe you didn't hit me on that mushroom dealer. You're like, oh, what kind of mushroom you hunt? Mm-hmm. Oh, so so yeah. Okay, so we're we're in the we're in the pisser this morning. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even gonna pull no punches. I don't give a fuck who's listening. It's my show. It's our show. That's always my joke. It's my show because I do right. all the work. But that's right. We're in the back. We're in the pistol this morning, and I'm over there, and uh, I hear Kirk come in. He's talking to somebody, and he's talking about mushrooms. And then I'm, he was talking about you know the guys. And then I made the joke. The problem is this guy. There's a guy we work with who's a good guy, but I always crack the joke. He's burnt. This dude smoked a shitload of pot in his day, and I think he's done some other stuff too. But he was always talking to Kurt about mushrooms, and I said the problem is Kurt. The mushrooms he's wanting to find and the mushrooms you're wanting to find are two completely different sets of mushrooms. Oh, yeah. That's funny as fuck, dude. I don't care. That's funny funny as fuck. It's pretty funny, yes. Yeah, I I was wondering, you know, you didn't call me out on that a second ago. You know, we've, we've talked about this at length, you and I. We need to do... A pure outdoors episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean there. There's no research for that. We just talk and, and swap stories. And I mean a pure outdoors episode. I mean I'm talking about mushroom hunting, fishing, right. turkey hunting, deer ho- hunting, coyote hunting. Um, basically going just an outdoors be, episode. And experience is the only thing I got to offer right there. You know, yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. What's your I'm trying to think. I did go out and get a new card, obviously, or else we wouldn't be recording this episode. Right. I wiped this card clean. This is the one that had our open on it, but I saved our open to the file. So right. I'll just start plugging our open in when I mix this down. We won't just have it saved on here anymore. Okay. So we still got about 15 minutes of tape. So that's what I was telling you this because I was going to tell you, give me your most fondest fishing memory. Fondest fishing memory. Yeah, wow. your best fish. I mean, everybody's got one story. I don't care how old you are. Like one. Like when I say go fishing, and you tell me, yeah, let me tell you about this time, and then you proceed to tell me what what would this time be? What would that oh, story I, entail? I could tell you, there's so many of them, dude. What's one that sticks out, son? Well, they all stick out. Well, that's I mean, that's speaking from the know, outdoors, but, right there. I mean, they all they all stand out because they're. Well, I mean, it's, it's... Tell me about the time you caught a treble hook right in the face. No, I never did do that, no. I caught one in my motherfucking hand once. Now, I will tell you, I did see that happen one day. A young man and his girlfriend showed up at this public... Here at Glendale, at the public, one of these public ponds. Oh, Glendale. And, I know where that's at. And we, me and my buddy was in the boat out there fishing, and they was on the bank fishing, but and she was on his case about something. And she was standing too close. And he cat- and he literally and, he whipped his lure and it caught her right in the ear. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, that is... I just doubt if they remain friends anymore. But she was screaming at the top of her lungs. What? She had a treble hook stuck in her ear. What do you expect? Well, what, I don't know if it was a treble hook. You know, it might have been because it looked like, like a crankbait or something. Uh, it would have a... Couple that said it a hook on it, you know. 
So he definitely caught her right in the ear. Do not let me forget before we end this podcast. I'm gonna go take a picture of the bass that's hanging on my bedroom wall. Yeah. So my dad gave me this fish uh, because this is probably my favorite fishing memory. So I grew up in Bird's Eye, and you know we all know where that is, about that far from a bird's ass. I beat you to the joke. I was eight or nine years old, so you're looking, uh, you're looking ninety five, ninety six. So my dad would have been probably about twenty eight then, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, I've been we, close to that We went fishing out to Conservation Club. My dad was a member, and. He caught one of the biggest largemouth bass to ever come out of the lake. It's a legendary story. Everybody talks about fit. When I'm serious, people think I'm lying. When people talk about going fishing at the Bird's Eye Conservation Club Lake, somebody somewhere will always tell them about the whopper my old man landed. So on a little bitty number two or MEPS spinnerbait. Really? A little bitty number two MEPS spinnerbait. I still have the fucking bait. Hanging yeah, in the cool, fish's dude. lip that's mounted on my wall. My dad caught this son of a bitch, and I've never seen my dad struggle to get something. Like, I thought as a little boy, like, he was reeling fucking the Loch Ness Monster in on this little <laughs> bitty crankbait. It wasn't a Zebco reel either. I don't remember what it was. I thought he still got the pole. I don't remember what the pole was. I know it wasn't a no Zebco 33 or nothing like that. And he pulled this son of a bitch out. And this is before, this is 95, 96. There's no cell phones. So we immediately leave the club, drive 10 minutes down the road to my grandma's house. My dad calls my uncle, his older brother. He goes, you ain't going to believe what I just caught. He said, bring it down here. Let me check it. Well, you know, we, we got it in the cooler, you know, right. water on it. Down there at my uncle's, we start pulling. You know what this fucking fish had inside of it? We oh. pulled out a little bitty three-foot water snake. Yeah. Pulled out two catfish, small ones, yeah, two bluegill, really? and a crappie. Really? How big was the fish? How big so, was the weight? I don't remember the weight. I'd have to ask my dad, but I'm guessing your look, this is easily Eight, like nine, a pounds? no. It's more like 12, 13 pound bass. Really? I'm going to take a picture because it's hanging on my wall and show you tomorrow. This the is an absolute bass? monster. Biggest bass I ever seen was uh, a buddy of mine caught it was nine pounds. This had shape. to be like eleven or twelve. I'll shit you not, that's, Kurt. When you see the size of it, when you see well, the size of it, water snake and a water snake, two catfish, catfish, bluegill, and a crappie. And a crappie inside of it. Uh, you, can, your old man caught him on a little bit. I shit you not, bro. I swear on my mother's headstone, an old he number take, two Mep spinnerbait. Hmm. I'll be dang. People's like, that's not true. I'm like, there's the loot. I was there. Right. That's a good story, dude. I like it. You're thinking, you ain't no bigger than nine pounds. Wait till you see the picture. No, no, I, I believe you, dude. If it had all that in it's good. it's got to be a huge bass. I mean, holy shit. I mean, that's what he, I mean, holy I've crap. never in my life personally seen a fish that big that somebody has caught around here since then. I mean, I, they're, they're, I know they're out there. I know people have. I'm not saying my dad's God or nothing. But like that, I've seen in person in some the bed of somebody's cooler. I'm like, holy shit, I've not seen one that big. Now, don't tell me he was using a freaking 33 Zebco. He wasn't. He, it wasn't an old Zebco 33, I don't think. I think what I'm trying to say is I think it was a little bit older of a pole. 
Right. I don't remember, but everybody's like, you can't catch that on a number two spinnerbait. Yeah, you can. White and red, MEPS number two spinner, son. I bet that was an epic fight. It was, dude. Slashing around everywhere. I heard I heard so many new cuss words at my tender age that day. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere oh, there's a pitcher and my dad, and you'd get my dad when I was when I was young growing up, the first nine, ten years of my life, my dad just wore a mustache, looked like a fucking seventies porno guy. <laughs> There's a picture of him with a cigarette with a Marlboro red in his mouth and this gay ass mustache and his Ditto Sales uniform shirt on. <laughs> and a smile on his face as big as my ass is today. <laughs> oh, shit. So, you heard all kinds of new language at night, huh? I learned that was the first time I ever heard the phrase, you Babylonian bastard. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is Babylonian mean? I've heard of Babylon. What is Babylonian? You Babylonian he was, bastard. He was caught up in it for sure. Dude. That's funny. That's a good story. I will dude. show oh, you yeah. that picture tomorrow. I, you know yeah, what? I might picture. I might post a picture on Facebook, on our Facebook page, for just for whoever hears this episode. But, right. uh, all right, man. You got anything else? No, that's all I got, dude. Wait, uh, Dole working? Got, no. No, Kyle there. Yeah, getting ready to go yeah. play some two K, aren't you? Um, probably go out and shoot around a little bit. Oh man, going out and shoot some hoops. Yeah, old man. Yeah, we have to put on them young whippersnappers. That's right. All right, brother. Well, I'll get this mixed down. I'll take a picture of that bass, and uh, yeah, I will man. see you in the shithole in the morning. <laughs> right on, bro. Have All right, bro. One. Catch you later. Later. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed another one of our Weeknight Chronicles episode, and uh, we will hopefully see you next week as we finish up part three of our top 25 point guards in NBA history. Thanks.